Welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio's Travel Writers Panel Discussion with the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association. Uh, we call them IFTWA. It's easier with such a big name, but um, they do welcome travel writers, uh, photographers, food, wine writers, obviously, as well, and destinations to be part of an awesome organization. You can learn more if you go to ifwtwa.org. We love these panel discussions because we get to chat with tra travel writers who have been all over. And today we're going to go from what I'm reading. Wow, we're going to go from coastal Mississippi to Portugal. We're going to go to Alabama, Oregon, you name it. And uh, we've got two special guests joining us. Lisa Evans, who's been on our show a couple times. Uh, she's a freelance travel writer, a photographer, and author of the book, 100 Things to Do in Coastal Mississippi Before You Die. It is out now through Reedy Press. And you can go to her website, writerlisa.com. So welcome back, Lisa. How are you? Good. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's awesome. And I want everyone to know that all the links that I'm giving out on the show are all in the show notes. So no matter if you're watching this on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple, wherever you're listening and catching the podcast, it's all there. Our next guest is Jan Schroeder. She is the editor-in-chief of the Travel 100 website. So you can go to the travel 100 the number 100com and also newsletter. And she's also a writer. Uh, she's been in all kinds of publications, magazines, you name it. So welcome to the show, Jan. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is exciting. So you're based in Atlanta and Lisa right. is on the coast right now. So are we all wanting to go visit Lisa right now in the summertime? <laughs> Absolutely. It's very warm. It is very warm. Jan, tell us a little bit about your writing background and how you got started in becoming a journalist, a travel journalist. Sure. Well, I was working for community newspapers in Atlanta, and I really didn't know anything about travel writing, and I got a letter in the mail. Remember those? It was actually yeah. a piece of paper in the mail. With a stamp? <laughs> inviting me to go to Turks and Caicos. I'm like, what is this? Why is someone inviting me to go to Turks and Caicos? And I really didn't know what that was about. And uh, so anyway, that was my first press trip. And I did a little bit more, not much travel writing when I worked for the newspapers. But then a new magazine started in Atlanta called Travel Girl. And I went to work for them. And I was managing editor there for about 14 years. So I kind of came about uh, the travel writing accidentally. But of course, it's become quite the passion of mine. And I love it. And so now you run this website, a newsletter that goes over, what, over 300,000 people get it. So you're working it and traveling and do you have a focus on your travels, a main focus? Not so much. I'm, I'm kind of general. I love to write about restaurants, things to do, soft adventure, spa, that kind of thing. So not no particular focus. I've done domestic and I've been lucky enough to do a lot of international travel as well. Like Portugal, which is where we're going to be talking about yeah. with you today coastal Portugal. And then Lisa, uh, Lisa ended up moving <laughs> to Mississippi. She fell yeah. in love with it and then decided, okay, I'm going to start writing and then end up writing a book. So um, yeah. Were you writing when you were back East as well? Mm, not, not, I didn't really write anything. You know, you always have that latent where you, you think, oh, what would I like to do? And I guess writing was one of them, but you know, I had my family, my kids and all that raised that. And of course, every mom knows you have no time to do anything um, until after your kids are grown and out of the house. So at that point, you know, that was kind of my um, uh, aunt. It was kind of my empty nest thing. And I got I got into it and started, took a few courses. And obviously they tell you do what you like. And I love to go new places and see new things. So that's kind of I kind of came about it accidentally, so to speak, as well just kind of fell into it and found, hey, this is pretty cool. I like this. So that's how I ended up with it. And and then, um, you know, a couple of years before the pandemic, and then of course the pandemic hit, and then it was right about your local. So that's how I really got into delving into coastal Mississippi, because it's where I live. And, you know, that's pretty much only where you could go. So that's mm -hmm. how the book came to be kind of all the research for the book. So Awesome. I'm still awesome. Here. I like to go other places, you know, do other things too. But, you know, I always love to talk about coastal Mississippi as well. 
Mm, and you've written the book, so it's over a hundred things to do in, in coastal Mississippi, but I know you've got a love for music and history, so you can't really beat that with coastal Mississippi, right? You've got plenty <laughs> that, of that going on. That and outdoors. I mean, I, you know, I love to do all kinds of things outdoors. So that's all, all three things, music, history, and outdoors. We got it all mm, right here. Awesome. Awesome. Jen, for you, um, in regards to travel, I, let's start with Portugal. What was it that made you say, okay, I'm going to talk about this as a destination for coastal beach lovers and coastal uh, as a coastal destination? I was lucky enough to spend six weeks in Portugal last year, and I just really fell in love with that country. Uh, we spent a month in a, on the Algarve, which is the southern coast of Portugal, in a place called Lagos. And it's just stunningly beautiful. I've never seen giant cliffs rising up from the beach and you could go kayak into these grottos. Uh, mm -hmm. It was just so beautiful. And you could hike along the top of them and um, you had to be careful not to fall off cliffs. It's a very easy thing to fall off a cliff in Portugal. Uh, it, it was just so beautiful. And we spent four days in a place called Keshkais right outside of Lisbon. See how I more, let you do uh, the pronouncing of this? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm, doing all I'm the pronunciation. not sure I've got it right. <laughs> I said I'd talk about this. I was like, oh, wait, I'm still not sure I'm saying it right. But I think I'm close. Um, yeah. And it's about 15 minutes outside of Lisbon. And it's oh. just a beautiful destination. They call it the Beverly Hills of, of Portugal, which makes it sound a little fancier than I I thought it was. It used to be a fishing village, but now it's gotten to be very sophisticated. But it's a, a pretty beach, wonderful seafood, uh, and close by you can go hiking and do different things like that. So, yeah, mm. I, I love those destinations partially because they are so different from what I grew up with, which was beaches on the East Coast. Mm. I, there's something about that rugged um, coast that I love too. Um, like behind me, that is right above uh, Trinidad, California, on the right through the redwoods. And to me, when you have that kind of diversity, like just to go through the redwoods and drive, there's this place called Gold's Bluff Beach, and it's near a town of Oric in the redwoods. And here you are amongst the coastal redwoods, these giant, just beautiful trees. And you can drive through on this dirt road, winds through this forest with all these ferns. And then next thing you know, you're at this beach and there's elk walking down the beach, eating blackberries, wild blackberries. And you're wow. like, I don't want to go home. And I don't think we didn't go home that night because we were just so like, we, we just want to stay here now. I mean, <laughs> that's why I think it's so, it's so important to talk about the coast being so diverse and in, in destinations, not just not knocking the, you know, typical Southern California kind of coast. Um, it, it's really, there's just all kinds of places like that. I mean, with if you want that nature experience and, you know, elk on the beach, it's pretty darn cool. So yeah, and that ruggedness, you know, that ruggedness. I know that's something that probably drew you to Oregon too. You have a great story. And everyone, um, again, in the show notes, we'll link to the tribal writers here, Alisa and Jan's stories on some of the coastal destinations as well. But Jan, uh, you, you have a thing about Oregon, too, with that rugged coast. Yeah, I was just astonished when I went there because we don't have rocks in the beach like you have in the in that beautiful photo behind you and these giant rock formations. And it kind of had a it had a very different feel to it because I was in there in the fall. It wasn't the bright, sunny, um, white sand beaches. They felt they had a little mystery to them. And I just thought they were just beautiful and we had cool nights so we had a bonfire on the beach I mean that's not unheard of on the east coast but it's a little more rare but to wear a sweater on a beach is kind of a new thing for me but I, yeah I fell in love with the coast of Oregon I just thought it was beautiful I agree I with you I, I visited the coast I went to trying to think how many years ago it was several years ago I went to Portland and mm. um my friend took me along the beach and it was it was stunning, as you said, the the cliffs and the the ruggedness. And I mean, I I also wore a sweater, and it was in the summertime, so it was. But it was just absolutely gorgeous. I I remember sitting in like on top, looking down at the water, and it was just just so peace. I don't know, not peaceful, but just it was just wonderful. I I could have sat there for hours. Mm. There's there's a lot of parks on the beach out there too. 
and you you know you can just go sit at a little picnic bench have a picnic and just watch the the waves literally crashing in like they're crashing in and then all the driftwood that's what's yes. cool too the driftwood is just like no way this is cool you know i'd like to do like spend you know do like the whole coastline pacific coastline just get in the car and go i you agree know. that would be beautiful yeah all the way like all the way from like you know the islands up in washington state like maybe start in vancouver and then go down go down the, the baja peninsula you know <laughs> and then maybe just keep going <laughs> up and around i don't know maybe we just need to drive the entire you know perimeter of the of the of the continent sounds like a plan to me <laughs> i mean you'd have all different kinds of beaches from from on the pacific on the pacific down you would experience all kinds yeah, and on the East Coast, where did you used to go, Lisa, on the East Coast? Um, honestly, nowhere. I real, I mean, I lived in Central New York, so you know, I wasn't really. I was near a lot of lakes, not necessarily okay. like the ocean. Um, I, you know, the Finger Lakes and you know, uh, all different the lakes in Central New York, even the Great Lakes out on the Western Front. But it was really no beaches unless you went to. New York City or Long Island or one of those, but or the so Hamptons. basically lakes rather <laughs> okay. than you know ocean beaches. Okay, yeah, and then when when it comes to just outside you know Atlanta for you, Jan, do you mostly go to Florida or like Georgia? Um, you've got Tybee Island out there by Savannah, and then the yeah, islands. I mean, we are very landlocked here. Beaches are either Georgia or Florida or five hours away, so. <laughs> That's a kind of a drawback to this city. But growing up, we always went to Florida. I mean, that's our summer vacation was going to Florida with the occasional Hilton Head in South Carolina. And then also mm. Charleston, it's weird. All these beaches are like five hours away. But typically we'd go to Florida. Mm. Yeah, like Pensacola and that area. That's the white sandy beaches, you know? Um, I yeah. think those were some of the most beautiful beaches in the world. If you, uh, I mean, that lovely white sand powdery beach, I just think they're gorgeous. And, and there's forest, which people don't expect, you know, that's the, the thing about Florida. I mean, you could go down to, to like Miami area and then next thing you know, you're out hanging out with alligators and crocodiles in the Everglades <laughs> and, you know, or you could go like a little, you know, go west and you can start snorkeling and like Biscayne and stuff. So that's pretty much an underwater park more than anything. But it's pretty mm -hmm. diverse, that state. And then getting up to Pensacola, those, you know, the Gulf Shores. And that's something you wanted to talk about, Jan, is the Gulf Shores, but on the Alabama side. Yeah, well, I never grew up going to Alabama. You know, like I said, it's just all Florida. So, I mean, I knew nothing about Alabama beaches. And I went to Gulf Shores and I fell in love with it too. You've got that beautiful beach, but one thing we really loved about it, and I took my husband for the first time, he'd never been about, I guess about three years ago we went, um, is there's so much more to do because I love the beach, but as I've gotten older, I don't want to spend a week just lying in the sun, frying my face. I just, I'd rather do something more active. Um, I mean, I still love to walk on the beach and sit on the beach, of course, reading a book. There's nothing better, but we like to do other things. And that's one thing I loved about Gulf Shores. They've got a great state park where you can ride bikes. You can go kayaking. There's a really pretty wildlife refuge that looks mm -hmm. like, you know, Florida probably, Florida and Alabama probably looked before they were developed. Um, they've got an art center. And of course you could spend all day well, my husband would do this. You don't spend all day eating oysters, which isn't my thing, but there's also great seafood and you can do, uh, you know, the typical beach stuff, the sunset tours. Um, mm. And they've got the, this great bar called Florabama. Mm -hmm. And it's right on the, the, on the, the state line. line between Florida and Alabama. And it is an institution. Bushwhackers. <laughs> Have you been? Oh, I think she froze a little bit. Yep, there we go. You froze a little there bit. We go. <laughs> Sorry, I said bushwhackers and everything stopped. Well, you know, yeah, there's a reason for that. There's yes. a reason for that. They're they're very tasty, but boy, are they potent. I had yes. no clue. I can't Backer. remember. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that place is a scene. I mean, all the different rooms and uh, 
Then every year they have a mullet toss contest. Mm-hmm. We throw no a fish way. on the beach. Yes, they oh, do. Sunday mornings, you can go to church there. You can go get your <laughs> Bloody Mary and go to church. Wow. No way. I thought mullet. I was thinking like the hairdo because I'm starting to see more people with mullets <laughs> lately. And I'm going, no, that is, you can bring bell bottoms back, but no. not the mullet. Please don't bring the mullet back. But apparently <laughs> it's coming no. back. No, no. <laughs> Just give me a bushwhacker and all is fine. But yes, but that's. But she's she's in your neighborhood with this, right? You know, that's not far from you. No, Gulf Shores, as 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 we call it, just down the road, kind of sorta. Um, and all the beach destinations that are headed from from Mississippi toward Florida, they're all beautiful. You've got Destin, you've got Gulf Shores, you got Pensacola, you got Panama Beach. I mean, they're all the Mm -hmm. um, and you know we we tend to here refer to the Alabama as Florabama. That's where, and Florabama is not just the bar that she spoke of. It's kind of like that strip of land kind of, it's, you know, right where the, the, um, uh, boundary is. So yeah, it's, but it's, I can probably, I think I can be in Pensacola in maybe three to four hours. Right. It's not really that, I might be even less than that. Um, mm-hmm. might only be like two and a half to three, but it, and it's just, it is she, the whites. It's beautiful. It's absolutely mm-hmm. a gorgeous area. Now, do you get bushwhackers in coastal Mississippi? Oh, absolutely. We I'm do. Just, and, this is important and, now. and depending upon where you are, like I said, the first, I remember obviously in New York, it wasn't a big thing, but I came down here and I, and summer and everybody's like, Oh, have one. I'm like, okay, cool. And they're very tasty. You don't take, I mean, they don't taste like what you're drinking until about the second one. And then you go to stand up. It's like, whoa, what am I drinking? Um, but they're very tasty. <laughs> they are very. So very you're talking about oysters, Jen. Uh, let's talk about some food in Mississippi, because this is the other thing is seafood is, you know, top of the menu wherever you're going on the coast. So seafood, from- seafood's king here, basically. Um I think I, I forget the exact number, but I want to say like close to 80 or 90% of the domestic shrimp comes from our area. I mean, basically mm-hmm. shrimping Biloxi, Biloxi mostly was built pretty much on the shipping industry, um, you know, shipping and fishing. And that's still to this day, you have families that have generations and generations, and that's all they've done is fish um, for shrimp. And, and of course the big fish, we have the big charter, um, the big charter boats that go out deep sea fishing beyond the barrier islands. So you can, you can get in the, in the Mississippi Sound, which is basically what's close to us. And then when you go further out the big, the big yachts, it's a huge industry for deep sea fishing trips. It's, you know, you can do that charter boat, charter boat um, trips, uh, every, any, anything on the water that you can think of, you can find here, because basically we have 62 miles of coastline and 26 miles of beach. So wow. it's, you know, and it's the largest, I think, I believe it's the largest man-made beach in the, in the U.S. And then our whole coastline is basically from the state line of Louisiana to the state line of Alabama, 62 miles, and it's nothing but coast. And, mm. you know, just dotted with, you know, all these different communities that all have their own vibe and their own feeling and their own, you know, obviously Biloxi Gulf Ports, the two largest, but then there's all these sm- other smaller cities and each one of them has a different personality. It's really cool. And casinos on the oh, water. Yes. And casinos. I believe we have 12 at last count, 11 of, the, 11 of them being resorts. We have one that's kind of just a local, oh, and it's been, it's like a, a standard. It's been here forever since they, you know, to build casinos, but it's always been a local. It's where kind of where the locals go. And then the rest of them are all the big resorts. After Katrina, they modified it. It used to be that the casino floors, you know, the part of the casino had to be over water. That was just the, mm-hmm. the, the laws. Well, Katrina kind of changed all that. And um, now as long as the, the casino floor does not have to be over the water, but you have to have, it has to be like grandfathered in from prior to Katrina. Okay. And you also have to do, new development. So you have to have like a golf course or something that is not just gaming. You have to give something else back that people can do. Um, I've seen in the last few years, numerous things that for kids, I remember one of the first times I visited here when I still lived in the Northeast 
it was basically like an adult playground. There was very little for kids mm -hmm. to do. Now it's like we have so much stuff for kids to do. It's it's changed gradually through the years. So it's mm -hmm. much, much more kid-friendly. And, you know, we have a lot of things going for kids now. So it's not just for adults anymore. It's for the whole family. I think that's changed in a lot of places. Even Vegas has gone more kid-friendly and family-friendly mm -hmm. than, you know, come, you know, hit the wheel of fortune. I don't, I wouldn't mind the wheel of fortune, like no, me hitting that, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. You know, Jan, when you were talking about food and, and seafood, what was it like in um, Portugal, since that's all I can pronounce of what you were talking about? <laughs> what was the food Again, like? Again, lots, lots of seafood. We found this place in Lagos. It was all you can eat grilled, grilled, grilled seafood. It was kind of a, not a fancy place. My husband was so happy. He had like tears coming out of his eye. It was so funny. And we went back three times. Um, we ended up doing a video where we mentioned it. And the last night we went in and the owner saw us and he, he uh, comped our meal, which was very nice. But yeah, seafood was very prevalent. Although they don't really eat oysters, which is weird because they have them there. But I guess it's just a cultural thing. Mm. But yes, because of the sea, they do eat a lot of seafood. That was primarily more so than any other meats, we would have a lot of seafood. And there's nothing wrong with seafood. It's good for you. And it, you know, and depending upon your taste and some of, sometimes those places that you mentioned are the best ones, the, the little hole in the walls, the low, where the locals go. They always tell you, go mm -hmm. where the locals go. And mm -hmm. I would, that sounds exactly what that place is like. Yeah. It's so funny growing up, we go to the beach every year and I didn't like seafood at all. <laughs> and I always ordered fried chicken and it took forever to take. And, it, you know, I didn't know what I was missing out on. And now it's pretty much what I eat when I go out. I love it in just about every form. So that's, I mean, we can get fresh seafood, obviously, the way they can ship things so quickly. We can get in Atlanta, but there's nothing like sitting down in Plato's Trent where you've got a view of the ocean. Well, we can oh, go right to, yeah. we can go right to the docks and get it right from the, the boats. I mean, when the that's fishermen bad. come in. When wow. the fishermen come in, I mean, you got to have to be there early because, of course, all the restaurants are doing the same thing. So if you have a contact or or a friend of a friend of a friend that's a fisherman and you are at the dock six, seven o'clock in the morning, you can get like big, big, nice shrimp for dirt cheap. And, and you get as much as you want and you can process them and freeze them. I mean, it's always great because you can get them and you can freeze them right away and then in the middle of winter when shrimp is not readily available you go to your freezer pop one out and it's you know just like it it was six, three months ago oh so with with being able to go right to the fishermen and and getting all you know so much fish and, and i have no clue about seafood i'm allergic to it so oh, i have geez. no clue but i'm glad you guys uh, our audience <laughs> likes it you know and it doesn't mean i don't like it it's just i don't want to you know blow up and go to the hospital um but when you have that much seafood prevalent and you could get it like that right from the dock, do you guys make gumbos and jambalayas uh, just like they do in Louisiana? Since you're so close, I would say that culture kind of yes. will cross the line. Yes, very much so. I mean, um, there's obviously different varieties of gumbo. Seafood gumbo is obviously the most prevalent, but there's also the andouille sausage and things like that. But Ooh. yeah, I've I've attempted. I mean, I'm I'm a, a damn Yankee, but I've attempted gumbo a couple of times <laughs> and came out pretty good. Obviously, it, you know there are there are restaurants here on the coast that absolutely specialize, and you know where to go to get the best gumbo. Um, jambalaya, I haven't ever tried that one. And it's not high on my big favorite list. I'd much rather have gumbo. Um, jambalaya is just, I don't know, it's its good. I mean, I've had it, I've eaten it, but it's not something that I would make. Um, mm. But there's just so many, there's just so much seafood. And, and we have really, we have high-end seafood places that as a must for anybody, anybody that comes to visit, I'm like, yeah, you got to go to XYZ restaurant. Um, for seafood, but then there's a lot of the little hole in the walls, kind of the local places that, I mean, and crawfish is huge here during crawfish mm -hmm. season. Crawfish is huge. I mean, everybody mm. and their brother and you go and, and people just like knock off crawfish, like it's nobody's business. Mm. It's kind of like, you know, even in, I love the South. I, I'm, I just, I, I think the hospitality is second to none. And um, until they go, aren't you special? Then I'm like, uh-oh, isn't you special? <laughs> run, run, you did something. What did you say or do? 
but um, the hospitality has always been amazing in the food. Um, we have our friends in Peachtree City. Jan, you'll appreciate this. We were there on a Sunday and they're like, get in the car. You're going to go eat Southern food for Sunday. That's what we do. <laughs> and so we get there and we got kept getting yelled at and we can eat. But apparently we're supposed to pile our plates. There's like you, and it was like a buffet style. And we were out in um, there's that area where they do the filming of uh, The Walking Dead and all of that. I, I want to say Sonora. Oh, yeah. Sonora. Yeah, we were out in that area and we were taking these scenic drives. It was beautiful, right? And our friends, he's like, come on, you got to eat all this. No, go back. You need to go back. And I'm like, but we just ate this. You need to go back. And there was like fried this and okra and mac and cheese. And we're like, we haven't had that much mac and cheese before. Let's let's dig in biscuits and cornbread. And I mean, it was like the Sunday. And then we go for more of a Sunday drive. And I was like, man who takes time out to relax and actually do a Sunday drive and a meal? And it was all family, you know? And so then we went to Sonoya, Sonoya, say it again? Yeah. So, Sonoya, right. and it was such a beautiful, farming downtown. And then the sun was shining and he's like, we got to go have ice cream. And we're looking at like, <laughs> his wife was <laughs> off shopping. Like, he's like, uh-oh. Well, if she's, you know, because she's dangerous that way. She She's awesome. I love her. And we go in to get ice cream. He's like, girls, I'm like, we can't eat anymore. He goes, this is what sunny Sundays are about. They were made <laughs> for ice cream and it stuck with us forever. <laughs> and it, it was, and it was really real ice cream. And I think that's something about the beach too, is like you go to the beach and you find, I don't know, just the old school things when we were kids, like you want to walk down the boardwalk and have that ice cream and it doesn't have to be the big fancy chain thing. You know what I mean? You want the whole in the wall kind of place, like you were saying, Lisa, that, that um, you know, the mom and pop who's actually Correct. doing the ice cream scoop for you, you know? I don't know. Jan, what do you, what do you, what do you think about ice cream on the beach? I was gonna, that made me think of a place in Gulf Shores. And now I think it's gotten franchised. And there's one in Atlanta, but this young girl started a place in Gulf Shores called The Yard and they sell milkshakes. I'd never seen milkshakes like this before. They were like in a mason jar with the handle, but then on top, you might have like a whole piece of cheesecake and a bunch of sprinkles. You might have a whole cupcake. It's like a big dessert on top of the milkshake. And they are just, they're beautiful and decadent (laughs) and so dangerous, but they're really fun. So if you're counting counting calories, that's not the place to go. Well, then you can no. go for a walk on the beach. And you have to go for a long walk for one of these milkshakes. Well, I'm not You'd jogging. Okay, so Mississippi. <laughs> no, really, that's it. That's it. But that's like, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, it's yeah. an art piece. Uh, that's how they should do Bloody Marys, you know, the big Bloody Mary with the bacon. Come on. Mm-hmm. Like, we want the bacon, the jalapeno, the celery, you the know, asparagus. your food fruits. You have one oh, with, yeah. with asparagus stock? Mm-hmm. And pickles. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Shrimp on it too. <laughs> it's a whole like meal a of Bloody Mary. Well, yeah. this just turned into a food show, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there's something you about can't talk about travel without talking about food, right? It's yeah, a huge sure. part of it. It's about taste of place and lodging-wise. I know that so many people are doing vacation rentals now, and um, some of that is is a good thing, and some of it not so much. But I think it's cool when you can, and some hotels actually have little kitchenettes you taste something and you can try and make it there while you're there, which is kind of a fun thing to do if you like to cook. But let's talk about lodgings. Jan, you did that wonderful piece about the lodging down the Oregon coast that you did for Orbit's uh, travel. And I, I think the lodgings Oregon has like, it. I mean, when you can see the sunset, you know, with a glass of wine on a balcony, like, come on, who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> I want to do yeah. that from your own room. Like, and hear the ocean. I want to hear the ocean mm-hmm. from my room. That's my thing. Well, you were talking about driving down the coast. To me, a dream would be to drive down the coast and stay in these charming inns just all along the way. I mean, the, we stayed in the Stephanie Inn on the Oregon coast, and it was just, it was so wonderful. It was on the beach, and that's where we had a bonfire there. But then at night, they had... Um, you know, they had a nice wine and cheese reception and they had a room that was, I think, octagonal with windows looking out on the ocean. And it was just, it was so beautiful. 
And yeah, just oh. step, you step out the door and your, your hand, your feet are in the sand. Mm. So yeah, but, uh, I love unique accommodations on the beach or it doesn't mm -hmm. always have to be that unique. I mean, in Gulf Shores, we stay, they don't have a lot of hotels in Gulf Shores. It's mostly condo buildings, but we had a beautiful like three bedroom condo with a balcony overlooking the water. Cause I do like to have a kitchen if I'm staying somewhere for a week. I'm probably, I'm not going to cook a fancy meal at night, but I don't like to go out for breakfast or, you know, I like to be able to eat in there. I don't want to get dressed that early. <laughs> so, that was, you know what? I am so with you on that. You know, I we agree. travel full time and it would be like, no, the hotel serves breakfast from A to B. And I'm like, dude, half of the time I'm up around four or five in the morning working and I'm in my pajamas and I do want my second and third cup. I don't want to have to be dressed and then go down and battle over breakfast. Like when that's my business time. And then, then after I'm done, like, I don't, I don't know. No, I'm with you. I want to be in my cozy space and I'm far nicer a person. Like if I'm not <laughs> dealing with people early in the morning without coffee and to be able to just have that, um, I don't know, that vacation feel too, where you don't have to be rushed. You shouldn't be doing business when you're on the beach. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have to, though. Yeah, I've got to have that coffee first thing in the morning. Mm. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, that's nice to have a condo and have a kitchen and, and do your own pace. I mean, make a picnic for the beach, you know, um, and, and buy things that are local. Like that gives you the opportunity to buy local bread, go to a farmer's market. I know we talk about farmer's markets all the time on the show. And people are like, well, you don't do that if you travel. I'm like, I want the local cheese. I want, I want to see what it's like to live there. And, you know, so to me, I think if you can do the local markets and get the local ingredients and make something while you're there, it's cool. So do you have farmer's markets in Mississippi, coastal Mississippi? We do. We do. Cool. Generally, um, actually, a lot of times, both Biloxi and Gulfport, those are the two big cities. They each have one on differing days. So they do have farmer's markets um, and a lot of them. And actually, the funny, funny story, someone just told me they have water like a lot of what happens is obviously north of I-10 is a lot of farmland. You know, Mississippi has a lot of open farmland, especially up through the Delta, whatever. So watermelons is the thing right now. And you have these people that load up their truck and they come down for a weekend and they basically sell watermelons or whatever they have out of their truck. It doesn't even necessarily have to be at a farmer's market. And I had, I believe, um, somebody just said to me that they purchased a watermelon from one of the counties up in North Mississippi. And they said it was the sweetest that they've ever had. And they hope the guys stuck around, but they, you know, they'll be down. You'll see them all along, especially on um, highway 90, which is mm -hmm. our scenic beach road. And mm -hmm. on whenever there's an open corner, you'll, you might see a pickup. They might have corn on the cob, um, peaches, uh, watermelons, Ooh. peas, whatever they happen to grow, they'll bring it down and they'll sell it. And when it's gone, it's gone. Mm. See the peaches. That's what Jan gets to have. Yes. The peaches. Oh, pe but I heard Not the peach crop year. took a beat. I was going to say the peach crop oh took a beat. Our oh. peach was just like 90% decimated. Yeah, I, heard, <gasps> I read that. I'm so we sorry. A, uh, I think it was a late freeze that did it. Yeah. But I will say this, South Carolina has some great peaches. So I might have to eat some peaches in South Carolina this year. <laughs> Ooh, listen, I love South Carolina. That whole coast, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with you know, both your states. Well, I'm apparently in love with the country because we just keep going in circles. <laughs> but, but there's something really like there's, we do a lot of driving from North Carolina down to Georgia. And um, I, I don't know about your traffic. I, I'm not, I'm not like it's friendly with you with Atlanta traffic quite as yet so I'll go on the back roads and the country roads and everything but um to go the coastal like go through Charleston like you're saying and go oh my gosh you know I've done the coast from North Carolina from um the Cape Hatteras or am I getting the wrong thing here all the way down through Florida and it's it's insanely beautiful I mean you can see alligators from one end to the other and that's my favorite thing. I, I'm into gators. Oh. <laughs> and you have one of my favorite, favorite parks of all time in Georgia is the Okefenokee Swamp. And that's a very it, cool place. It's I have to go every time. With all the alligators. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you were well, talking about diversity of beaches and um, that made me think of the low country in, in Charleston in that area, which is so different. It's not necessarily beachy, but it's more the marsh. They also mm -hmm. have some sand and all that area. Um, I find that just beautiful as well. Mm -hmm. I yes, do too. I walk on it. We have a lot of, a lot of bayous here too. A lot of bayous. So if you're ever in Mississippi and you're into gators, you want to go to the Gator Ranch because there literally is a place that's called the Gator Ranch, and you go out on an airboat and you can see them in their natural habitat. And then they have this whole big area where I'm, and I think some of them, and actually they might be gone by now, but they, the ones that are, they trap them and they bring them there rather than. You know, people actually do hunt alligators here. There is a season for that. But, you know, a lot of them get rescued and go to the gator ranch and that's where they live. And tell you what, there's some big, big gators over there. And then you, the airboat is cool. It's very loud, but it's really cool. You can go out into the bayous and in the marshland and the swamps and see them and all other kinds of creatures. I like it. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm so into the swamps, like in the bayous. And South Carolina going down Georgia too. I mean, it's just, I'm, yeah, I think, I think I need to live on a, on a bayou or something like it, it's, but it is part of the coastal um, culture and co the coastal right. landscape is like the lagoons and the bayous. And that's what the South has. And you go up, um, like we're talking about Oregon coast, there's a um, community, I think it's Reed's Port. I'm going to say off the top of my head. Um, I think so. It's kind of just above Oh, Cook's Bay, Coos Bay, Coos Bay. It's just above Coos Bay. And you go inland a little bit. So you've got the whole coast. Again, those beautiful trees, those rocky cliffs and everything you're talking about. And you go inland and it's more marsh area and more meadow. And that's where you find elk. There's a whole elk viewing platform out there. And it's like this refuge. And I'm, yeah, you can, I can live there too. <laughs> crazy to me, you have elk on the beach. That's so crazy. You've yeah. got to go. It's well, an auric. Well, okay. The ultimate of of animals on the beach was we lived in South Africa and we've seen ostrich on the beach. If you go up in the northern part of the Cape, you can see some people have seen lions. And um, but there were um the Paternoster is the area and we saw ostrich. You get penguins like in, in the Cape area, and you could see whales all in the same like place. <laughs> and then they have canary bush with like these beautiful sand dunes and they're full of canaries, these little That's teeny funny. birds. Then you got the Sitsikama forest, which is the, the they call the garden route of South Africa. And you can take a train. I, I think it's the blue train. They still, I don't know if they changed the name, but you're going through um, proteas and, and sugar blossoms, all these protea fields, rugged cliffs like you're talking about. And they've got all these sugar birds that come in there like a little bit bigger than hummingbirds. I'm serious. And then they've got the lagoons and you got forests on the other side with monkeys. Seriously, wow. you got baboons on the Cape of, of Cape of Good Hope that'll chase you. Like right at the, when you sit at the you stand at the tip of Africa, the two oceans are meeting and it's like the most dramatic experience. And then when you go to, back to your car, there's like a little snack shop and then baboons. And if they open up the snack shop, you better tell them what you want. So it's like, oh, I, you know, they used to get what's called chips, which is French fries, just a little thicker. No, I want a, you know, bag of chips. Then you throw it at you and slam the door because of the little window, because the baboons will come out after you. And then you grab your food and you haul your butt to the car before the baboons get to you or oh the God. food. That's it's too cool. Funny. It's really cool, but if you guys ever get a chance to go to the tip of Africa, you, it's it's um, that whole area is, is, I think that's what it is about Oregon and the South. Like it's two completely different um, landscapes, oceanscapes, I should say, coastal scapes, but like Africa has emerged in a in an interesting wow. way on that garden route. That would so be you cool. should go. Yeah, you should go, <laughs> go, go do it. I think Just the flowers- don't, don't get chased by baboons. No, or gators, but yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing is, you know, the floral part of it too, about coast, you know, we forget about like, just even like seagrass. I mean, doesn't that change for you, Jan, when you think about Oregon, you know, there's little wildflowers and everything by the beach and ice plant, but right. then there's seagrass and, and things like that in the Southland. You might have seagrass too, right? Or oak grass. 
Yeah, we Please have um, actually right now, it's it's pretty cool to watch um, the least turn. I don't know if you're up on birds Ooh. or whatever, but the least, yeah, yeah. least turn is endangered. Well, we have breeding areas um, down here and on the beach, so they're protected. So, and everybody, believe it or not, even visitors that come in, they respect the um, the barricaded off areas and they make sand dunes and that's where all the seagrass grows and that's where the least turns breed. And they just had a feature on the, our news here the other day. They have like, um, because obviously the college programs, there's a lot of, you know, marine life and, and birding and all of that just because of where we are. So they had some interns, some college kids down there and they were tagging, um, well, under the guidance, they were tagging these little babies of the least turns. Oh my God, they fit in the, in the, like the palm of their hand. They were so cute, but they were explaining how they can, by doing this little teeny tiny little thing on their on their um, leg that they can uh, track all their migrations, that type of thing. Um, the uh, Pascagoula River Audubon Center does something similar with hummingbirds. Mm. Every year they have a right. hummingbird and they tag them and that's cool. I've watched them. I've actually touched one of the hummingbirds and I mean, they're literally, they're this big and you can feel their heartbeat. That's just the coolest thing, but they tag them and then they study their migration. And you can tell if the same hummingbird, if the same hummingbird comes back every year, it's, it's really kind of cool. All the educational things. I mean, I remember being in high school, nobody ever told, told you, you could do all this cool stuff. So all these <laughs> kids have, have such really neat things that they can delve into. It's really, and that's what the coastal, with the coastal areas, whether it's Mississippi or Oregon or, or wherever, um, there's, you know, there's specific things for each area that, you know, there, you can be a marine biologist and then you can specialize in lease terms or whatever, or birds, whatever, but it's just really cool. All the opportunities that, that, that gives younger people mm, the education aspect for you jen do you get out in any of the natural aspects of it when you travel to the coast uh well i'd love to kayak so if there's an opportunity Ooh. to do that like through mangrove mangroves in um, florida or when i was in puerto rico we got to go to the bioluminescent bay and that was very <gasps> cool. you know, oh, i've heard about that. water and we went at night which is kayaking at night was really fun um, yeah, and I, I mean, like I mentioned, I love hiking along the coast. Uh, mm. I'd love to be outdoors and, and anything like that, because I do love to walk on the beach, but it's also fun to do something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like Gulf Shores, that wildlife refuge, you could walk along. It was kind of around a lagoon and you could walk around. It was completely unspoiled and it was, we were the only people there and it was just, it was really special. Mm, I, I love that when you have that quiet nature time, you know, and it's just, yeah, and then you can hear the actual birds and we did a hike recently, actually no, it was a year ago now I think, and it was up in the Appalachians and in the Pisco National Forest and when you have that real quiet, I could not believe this, a, a swallowtail butterfly flew just above like kind of stopped on my head for a second, I heard its wings. And then I'm like, okay, like, and, and I didn't have any bushwhackers, you know, so this was a real deal. I think it was because their wings were slowing down because it was like this little cold front moved through a little bit. But that was like, I could not, but I was like, I just heard the wings of a butterfly. Like, cool. when does that happen? Yeah, very cool. but that is like, to me, when, when you're in pristine nature, when you get to have those moments, because it's hard to find. It's really hard. And the beach, when you can find those spaces, that's a hard thing to do because, we only have so much coastline, you know what I mean? And, you know, we want to put hotels and things, which makes sense. But, you know, to find that pristine, quiet place is hard to hard to do. So it's cool. When There's you get a those couple moments. wonderful places in um, Georgia. There's one called Cumberland Island. Mm. And they, uh, it's only got one in it. And that's where John F. Kennedy Jr. got married in that little church there. And they stayed in this one inn. And it's, there's really not much else on the island and only a few people can go over a day. You can go camp, but they, they keep it very limited and you can go stay in this one inn, which I think maybe has like six rooms or something. Oh, wow. So you ride around that island on a bike or something because there's, you can only get there by a ferry. You can't drive there. So there's no cars, you know, there's the people that the vans and the service vehicles for the inn. 
but you you ride around or you go to the beach and there's literally nobody else there which is amazing and there's another place called little saint simon's island and it's off the mm. coast of saint simon's island in georgia and you, again you can only get there by boat and it used to be a private hunting refuge well a guy bought it because he was going to make pencils out of the trees and he found out the trees were grew crooked so you can't make pencils so they turned it into a hunting place and now it's a place they've got lodges and little places you can stay but again it's it's only accessible by ferry and you go out to the beach and you won't see another person on the beach so there are still places like that you have to seek them out but they can be really magical yeah that's that's i i agree you you have to really seek them out. And I think South Carolina has a lot of those islands where it's like limited, you you know, that's it. You, you need to take a ferry over. And I think even like Cape Cod and some of those areas are like that a little bit. I'm not sure. I haven't done oh, that Cape yet. Cape Cod's beautiful. I, I, I enjoy Cape Cod. Not, not the, as you said, not the hyena sport and all that. I, that doesn't, but if you drive up and you go, um, I've stayed in like Wellfleet, which is kind of, it's, below Provincetown, but above the Hyannisport. Wellfleet's a very nice area. It's very, I mean, it's its not nearly as touristy as the other places. Mm-hmm. You can stay on the ocean side or the bay side. So I, if I go to Cape Cod, I tend to, that's where I tend to gravitate to is more on the Northern Cape, but not quite as far as P-Town, mm-hmm. but you know, down further where you could, where you still have access to both, but it's just a quieter area. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just beautiful. Does anybody else want some saltwater taffy? <laughs> I just suddenly feel like we should have that now. I don't know, but I'm thinking that milkshake sounds really good. Yeah, the milkshake <laughs> like, does sound good. I am. I am. Uh, now, do you have drive-through daiquiris like in in Mississippi, or is that Louisiana and Florida only? Um, we have several daiquiri bars. So yeah, I, I mean, one of them actually is is the local casino that I was talking about, obviously they don't have a hotel or a resort or anything like that. But what they do have is in downtown, they have a daiquiri bar. And I, the menu is, I can't even tell you how many different kinds, any, anything you could imagine a daiquiri could be put in a daiquiri is there. And I, I've, I've not been there, but um, I've heard it's very good. So. I'm just saying it's a, it, a cocktail, a beachy yes. cocktail is always necessary. Yes. You know, it's have a good the umbrellas thing. and the whole little, yeah. Imagine the man that invented those drink umbrellas. He's a bajillionaire by now. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to touch on, you were, t- you wrote about um, the cannery, the hotel, the cannery pier, I think it is in, in Astoria, Oregon. Um, oh, it was a cannery. I think it is. And it's, that has gone through this huge, you know, remodel and everything and we were there last year and yeah. I want to go there I haven't I've just seen it driving over that crazy bridge have you driven that bridge that- I did not drive over that bridge but I could see it from my room I mean I literally could have jumped off my balcony into the water I just thought it when I mean, that was before it was renovated so I don't know yeah. that part has changed but well, I think I've, they did some add-ons amazing. Yeah. that that um that bridge no I had to do it a few times. We were staying in um, Ilwaco, Ilwaco, Washington. So you'd go over the bridge um, for groceries and then go back. And um, I just know. And there were elk out there by Astoria, too. I found <laughs> oh, elk. Really? I find elk yeah. everywhere. <laughs> I find elk. I think you're an elk and magnet. <laughs> cattle and elk. Yeah. yeah no. Well, it has been fun, ladies. Thank you for so many good pointers for our listeners to plan their coastal adventure. And I also want to say, remember coastal, you were talking about fall. Um, the coast is year round. Honestly, I, I think that's something, you know, we're talking about quieter places is, you know, after, you know, when school goes back in, hit the beaches, man. <laughs> it's a nice quieter yeah. time. And, um, and and better on the wallet too. I think you can get some good deals in the fall and winter and it's just a different experience, you know? Well, in here in coastal beach. Mississippi, it's also a lot cooler. So we have a lot of festivals like from, I mean, September, it's still pretty warm, but from mid-September to the end of the year, there's a festival for, I mean, we love our festivals. And then of course, after the new year, you got Mardi Gras. So everybody and their brother has a Mardi Gras, whatever. So even though it's not maybe your beach area, there's still tons and stuff to do here. And it's cooler. <laughs> it's not. Oh, 
There you go. There you go. So, uh, Jen, give everyone your website again for them to come and visit you. TheTravel100.com. I got that right? That's right. And 100 is 100.com. That's 100. And also keep up with Lisa at WriterLisa.com. And um, of course, for the International Food, Wine, Travel Writers Association, you can go to ifwtwa.org. If you're a travel writer or destination uh, representative, you may want to check out their upcoming conference talking about the coast. Um, they've got a cruise going from Vancouver to L.A. with the Discovery Princess uh, with Princess Cruises. So I think that's pretty cool to have a conference at sea. Just saying. Um, I don't, have either of you been on one of their conferences with uh, with IFTWA? No, I have not. I don't their, their dates. Their dates always seem to conflict with something else I got going. It's, you know, I I can't clone myself. I'd love to, but I I would have loved to go on this one. But again, I I have other commitments that week. So I will be on it. I'm very excited. Oh, cool. Glad you're going. That's going to be fun. Are you going to do any of the extra press trips with that? Because they're they're beachified. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm going to go early to Vancouver and then this wasn't through IFTWA, but I think I'm going to go to Oceanside, California after the conference because I've been talking to a woman there and that's that's on the coast. So I'm excited about that. Uh-huh. Where we started our magazine, Oceanside, oh, California. Really? Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Oceanside's awesome. So it's a beautiful pier. And yeah. if you walk the pier, you've walked a mile. Awesome uh, little colored little uh, beach cabins on the coast. And I encourage you to go like Oceanside is just really um done so much it's so many changes um over the years it's beautiful you've got carlsbad to the south of it so i encourage you to go there if you like you know just you've got highway 101 and that is awesome to drive all the way down like to del mar and those areas um beautiful sunsets a wonderful harbor cute cute harbor to go out and we used to have bonfires out there i don't know if we were uh uh-oh I was in my 20s, but anyway, we won't tell anybody. (laughs) (laughs) But Oceanside is so much fun. The restaurants, there's a California Surf Museum that's really cool. A lot of history, a lot of museums. Um, Yeah, you're going to have a good time. There's tons. There's farmers markets. Yeah, no, no. It's, yeah, you're going to have a good time. A lot (laughs) of um, garden areas, botanical gardens nearby and, and things like that in Encinitas to go to. So yeah, Oceanside's awesome. You're going to have a good time. Cool. So everyone, again, ifwtwa.org, and you can keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thanks so much, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. It's been great.